So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. What is up, folks? What we're going to be chatting about today is um, something that literally every single agent needs to hear. Have you guys ever thought about ever just sort of A, either becoming the investor or B, becoming more investor friendly? And I've never understood the friction between investors and real estate agents in the space. And it's less than now than it was, I would say five to seven, eight, nine, 10 years ago, it's getting more accepted, but I want you guys to look at uh, your business from this point of view. Would you rather have one client that does 10 to 20 homes a year, or would you rather have 10 to 20 different clients bitching and moaning about GFC outlets and inspection issues each? Which one is less stress, more money with actually the same amount of money, but one has a lot less stress. And what we're going to be chatting about on this week's episode is how to become a little bit more investor friendly. Um, why aren't we embracing the investor community, especially right now? Any of you folks have been listening to the podcast, especially the last few weeks, you know that we've been doing a big push towards the investor model, having multiple seller options so you can monetize all of them. But a lot of times, if you're going to get in the seller lead generation row world, the only offer that ever gets the phone to damn ring is going to be, I have an offer to buy your damn house. That's why every single iBuyer and every single investor never has a listing problem, regardless of the marketplace. They always just have an, uh, they, they have an, a personnel problem. Most times it's not a listing problem. There's listings in every market. The question is, are you changing the wrong audience? So what we're going to be chatting about today is an expert who does this. Um, she has 240 personal units, you guys, of her own, started as an agent um, and she just, this is what she does. Like she's an investor friendly agent and I'm going to let her share her story today and give you guys some insight into why and what. Um, I do think this is the future of the market. I think every team or agent or offering is going to have to have an investor arm to their business. And if not, I think you're going to be out of business. So without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce our guest today, Mrs. Jennifer Beatles. How are you, Jennifer? Hey. Oh, hey, Mike. Fantastic. Oh, I'm, I'm nodding my head here, just agreeing with everything that you're saying. So super excited to be on today and just kind of chat around this uh, investor agent. Yes. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about a uh, brief, who the, hell are, who the hell are you? Where are you at? <laughs> and um, yeah. we'll get into this. Yeah. Yeah. So again, my name is Jennifer Beatles. I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. However, I left about nine months ago to escape the rain and I've been traveling across the country with my family full-time while investing and while training agents, how to work with investors. Um, so pretty exciting. We've, we've uh, done about 130 deals so far this year. Uh, this is all referrals. We actually refer real estate investors to agents all across the U.S. because we want to see more agents work with investors. And we happen to have an investor community doing just that. Um, so as mentioned, yeah, I got started in 2009 in Seattle when most agents were getting out of the business. And here I was in my early 20s getting in. Um, my actual kind of start was working with uh, flippers and home builders. And so we found a lot of projects in Seattle, Washington that were like half built, went and raised some capital, finished those off. So my first five listings were actually projects that I had developed 
uh, with, uh, with a superintendent of mine um, that I had worked with. And uh, yeah, just kind of focused in on that area of business. One, because as you had mentioned, Mike, I wanted to work with as few clients as possible that closed multiple deals. So I was really looking for those uh, developers and those flippers and even, you know, buy and hold investors where, you know, I, I was working probably 15, 25 clients maybe that were closing 10 to 20 deals a year and, so, you know, doing the math. <laughs> yeah. So That's yeah, it was, it. It was fantastic. So here's, this is interesting. Uh, 2009, for, for those of you who were in the business 2009, I mean, this is in the middle of the shit storm. Um, these are the best years of our life. I was also an investor back then doing tons and tons of short sales. And it was the best years of our career. And it was really interesting at that time, sort of in hindsight, you know, like you look back and you're like, God, I wish I would just held all those properties. Um, but you learn a lot when you see a shift like that. Unfortunately, a lot of the market, a lot of the agent population has never lived through a shift. I mean, there's, we, we are still experiencing like the longest seller's market ever in history. And the truth is, is that like shit's about to hit the fan whether you guys want to admit it or not, a big piece of news just came out last this week, or I think it was last week, the moratorium got extended again for the um, foreclosures and the evictions and all that other stuff, which means they're just kicking the damn can down the road because there's an enormous amount of pent up inventory. We don't know what's going to happen with that, but you came in in a very investor friendly environment. That was all the, the only deals that were closed where we were trading in 2009 were investors. It was very rare to even have so many homeowners. It was super rare. The only way to make money back then was to embrace that. Um, what did you do before this? And how did you know to go into the investor world as a new agent? Because most people don't ever freaking yeah. think that way. Right. Yeah. So I worked for a builder developer. So from 2007 to 2009, I worked uh, for a real estate developer and we were building um, mostly spec homes and then also small multifamily. And so I learned early, early on is you take some business profits and you put them into rental real estate so that you can build those passive income streams so that you have a plan B when the next recession hits. And uh, so, so yeah, that, I was really, really lucky to kind of get into real estate um, at that time and in that way, because um, that really kind of helped me build, a, build my career and kind of uh, build a solid foundation off of that. Love it. So what's popping right now? Um, you are going around. Let's get right into it because um, why do listing agents have such troubles locating listings, but investors, rehabbers, flippers never knew, never do despite market conditions? Yeah, I think most agents don't know how to find off-market deals and or they're not offering that as an opportunity at these potential listing appointments. So even, you know, when any time I would go to a listing appointment as an agent, I would offer them three options. One is I'd say, hey, we can list your house on the MLS. Here's the suggested listing price. Two, I can offer you, um, you know, an offer right now that's probably going to close in three to five business days. Here's that associated price. And then number three is, have you considered renting your house? Keeping your house as a rental, we'll do a, you know, maybe a cash out refinance or you can get some equity out of the house and then use that to go to the next property. Um, but, you know, at least you can build some passive income streams for yourself. Now, no sellers went with the rental option. I mean, I, I don't think I had one seller say, yeah, I think I want to keep my house as a rental. But what it did is it made me stand out over the 10 other agents that were going on that listing appointment. And they said, well, wait a second. So this agent is more focused on me and my needs and you know, helping me uh, build wealth in real estate. So I want to work with that agent. Um, but I had a lot of sellers that would go for the option of selling either to myself or to another investor. And so I would say, uh, you know, about half of the deals that I did were off market. 
Um, the other thing that I did is I, uh, you know, I tracked down estate sales. I was also buying at the courthouse steps every Friday. Um, so obviously, you know, with the eviction moratorium, there's, um, you know, fewer properties that are getting foreclosed on right now, uh, unless they're, you know, non Fannie Freddie. But, um, but, you know, I just did anything and everything in terms of finding off market deals. And I think agents are so used to this kind of old school mentality of sit open houses, you know, do circle prospecting um, and, you know, just try to work your sphere. Well, right now, a lot of investors and a lot of sellers, the, the issue is they list their home. They know it's going to sell right away, but then where do they go next? Yeah. Because we have an inventory issue. Um, but for agents that can get really creative and solve that inventory issue, um, there, there's a lot of business to be done right now, for sure. Yeah, that's there's trade-in options right now, guys. Like, does, have you guys embraced the iBuyer uh, market? So we haven't. So yeah, so we primarily work with uh, buy and hold investors. And um, so a lot of our agents are, yeah, getting, you know, off-market deals from other investors or 1031 uh, investors right now. And so we're doing some trade-ins that way, but not, some, not so much the iBuyer. Got it. Yeah. So I want you guys just to listen to what we've been chatting about on the phone. Um, it's not, people don't hire you for what you do. They hire you for how you do it. And I'm just, I, we haven't met Jennifer. When did, have I met you before the show? I'm just, we're going to, I no. guarantee you that we're going to be thinking the same thing on this. All right. So we just talked like we yeah. had three minutes of like pre-sale or pre-talk here. And I'm like, all right, let's just go fucking live. Um, <clears throat> I would guarantee you that you generated the, well, here's where the listing's locked in. The listing's not locked in when she shows up. The listing's locked in when she gives them multiple options. Yep. Because instantly the homeowner goes, finally, someone who's not willing to take advantage of me. And I don't care how subtle it is or, or un, unconscionable. Like People don't even recognize that their brain's going through this, but it's because you have, do you really care what option they pick when you're monetizing no. all of them? No. But here's the other thing that I love about this is that you are actually like, you're doing it opposite. You're an investor that's downselling into a commission versus the other way around, Right. And most people have their real estate agent hat on all day long and they don't downsell into anything. So like in Jennifer's world, she's like, hey, great. I'll come on here. And I'll buy your house right now. But if you don't want me to buy your house, then I'll list it and you, I'll monetize it this way. It doesn't fucking matter, does it? No, not at all. When did you, uh, um, what do you think is, I want you to walk me through like why someone would accept your offer over listing it on the market, because obviously your offer is going yeah. to be a little bit lower and there's a cost of convenience, you guys. And not every seller wants the highest and best price. We have to get that mentality out of our brains. Sometimes people want convenience. Sometimes people are stressed. Sometimes people are distressed and they don't have any of their options. Life gets in the way a lot of times. And that's generally my guess is those are the types of properties that Jennifer um, purchases. But what she's really doing is providing solutions for people that have house problems, not services for people that need to sell shit. There's a major difference in how you position your brand and how you approach into a seller situation, especially ones that are motivated because um, sometimes these people are going through all kinds of things, divorce, death, job loss, relocation. And if you don't have the heart or the wherewithal to know how to embrace that situation emotionally, like your conversion is going to die. Like walk me through that because I think so many people show up yeah. to these listing appointments and there's no, there's no doubt in my mind, a traditional real estate agent going to a motivated seller appointment is going to most likely mess it up because there's a different way in how you convert these. So I'd love you to share with that. Yeah. 
Well, I think the motivation behind why a seller would take an off-market, potentially lower offer is also based on the terms. So you can have a lot of flexibility for somebody that maybe wants that contract in hand. So most sellers are an SC person. I should say most sellers. The majority of the population, I think 80% of the population is an SC personality, meaning they dislike change. Um, this is a huge change for them, right? Is selling their house. And so if you can bring them an offer right away, and then they can essentially check that box off in their mind and then give them the amount of time that they need to move on. Sometimes they just, they want that cash in, you know, three to five business days, right? If you can't, if that's what's important to them, figure out how to deliver that. Sometimes they need 60 days to move out. If that's what's important to them, deliver it to them. But I mean, we've had sellers with three to five dogs, right? That say, oh, I can't imagine, you know, putting my dogs in crates while home buyers trot through my house or they have young kids and they don't wanna be out of the house while the kids are you know, trying to nap and whatever and having um, home buyers through. So the convenience factor, Mike, that you bring up, that is incredibly important to a lot of people. And knowing that gosh, for you know, maybe a few thousand dollars less or, or whatever, I don't have to have all of these people through my house. I can you know, protect my privacy, protect my house. I don't have to have it be show ready. Um, that's really important. And then on the other flip side, we've had a lot of estates that say, you know, look, I'm a little embarrassed by how this house looks. I, do we need to remodel it before putting it on the market? And just having them, giving them the option to have that quick sale where they don't have to worry about the stuff. I mean, we've had some estates where, you know, you're leaving, they've got like the full house worth of stuff that is just worth nothing. And yeah. if you can solve that problem for them, like you're mentioning, Mike, that's a, that's a huge value. And so it's really, it depends on the situation I think if most agents though just offer the option, then it doesn't become a question of well, which agent should I choose? It's well, which option should I choose with this agent who's the only agent offering me three options? 100%. Folks, there's two ways you differentiate yourself in this business. One's through your personal brand, two's through what you offer. Um, if you want to know about the personal brand, go listen to all the rest of our shows, visit our website, realestatemarketingdude.com, where we script, edit, and distribute your video content for you and build the personal brand so people, one, know who you are and two, know how you roll. But the other way you do it in our business is really through offering something different, right? Think about it. Like how many agents have the same exact offer? Think about it. Like I, I can, I, here's a question I ask everyone. Anytime we rebrand somebody or we're building out their content strategy, the one question I ask everybody is this. I go, what's the difference between, I, actually, I'll put it in context. I, I, I put the situation for them. And I want, whether you're on your treadmill right now or whatever the fuck you're doing, I want you to listen to this and answer this question and tell me if you can actually answer it. Okay, so you walk into a listing presentation and your arch nemesis just walks out. We all have one of those in our market. It's that one person, that one guy or that gal who's doing more deals than you do. And you don't understand why they're doing as much business they do. And they walk in, they give you a little wink. You're like, you asshole. You walk in and the seller says, you know what? I really like that agent. Um, I want to give you the benefit of doubt. I appreciate you showing up. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go hire that guy. But just really, what's the difference between you and him? You know what? I can never get that question answered. Um, cause everyone always says the same thing. I care about my clients. I'm going to do the best job for my clients. Um, folks, you, that's assumed. It's like when a lender tells you, Hey, I'm going to get, I'm going to do, I'm going to, my customer service is great. So you have to tell me your customer service is great. Why was it shitty before? You know what I mean? It's crazy. And no one can answer yeah. that question, but you, on the other hand, could come out here and say, Hey, I have three options and that's the one that sticks out. Do you know, have you done your numbers on a, on a, how many appointments you go on? Like how many you've actually lost and like what your collision ratio is? 
Oh boy. So I, I, you know, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it's 80, 85%. Makes sense. Because again, it's different. <clears throat> I mean, sellers want different. I think consumers these days, it's all about the consumer experience. Now, I think the other thing too, to, to point out is, um, you know, we, we tell clients that we're in the business of helping people build wealth and passive income streams through real estate investing. Here's how we do this. Here's the different options. Now, the other benefit to this as an agent, like let's say you gave these options to a seller and they said, actually, I've considered renting the house out. You're the first agent who ever suggested I do that. You know, I invited you in for a listing appointment, but you're telling me to actually keep the house. And then, you know, maybe they go down that option. Well, then there's a couple of other options for you as an agent. Maybe you can offer a tenant placement. And so we would do that for all of our investors is we would say, here are the other services that we offer to our investor clients. We can do tenant placement for you for anywhere from 50 to 100% of rent. Um, there's also technology solutions that you can offer property management. We have some of the agent partners that we work with have started property management companies. Mm -hmm. I think the other um, thing that you know, agents don't think about is having more than one revenue stream. Most agents have one revenue stream and that's commission income. Yep. And what other business out there and in other industries have one source of revenue? I, I mean, essentially none, right? And so I, I really, I, I, I'm just really passionate, Mike, and I know that you are too, about helping agents really kind of build this business around services. And I think investors are the best way to do that because there's so many, so many options that you can, you can start building those in. You just said something that was golden. I don't know if people picked it up. The consumer experience is all we have left, you guys. Yeah. Um, and we don't put enough focus on it, I don't think. Like people just sell transactions um, instead of selling solutions. Like we're not in sales anymore, you guys. We're really not. I know some of my business partners will like irk when I say that, but I'm dead serious. I don't, do you think we're in sales still? No. no. I don't think we're in sales either. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I think I stopped selling shit 10 years ago. I'm not licensed anymore, but I didn't, I always would say, and I had multiple solutions and it was because of the solutions that people would be like, oh, you're just do things a little bit differently. I like you, but it's almost like dating too. Like if I were to come up to Jennifer, let's just say like me and you are both single. The very first thing I would do if I walked up to you would do something to pattern interrupt, right? I would tell you something you wouldn't expect me to hear because I know I would have your attention, but look what she just said with the seller. She goes, oh, I can't believe you just suggested that you're going to rent out your house because no one's ever told me that before. Now, instantly, the seller's like, holy shit, this guy's a little bit different or this girl's a little bit different. And it's because you hit him on over the head with something they didn't expect. That's so powerful. You guys. Like, It's so, so, so powerful. I wish that people take your advice here and honestly start looking at multiple options. I think, look at the just look at working with investors. All right. We got that piece up. Now I know what everyone's already going to be asking. Hey Mike, how the hell does she find these properties? Who should I be targeting? So how do we market motivated sellers? How do we find these people? Yeah. Um, I think every market's going to be a little bit different. Um, and so I, I think the most important thing is just to start networking um, and find, I mean, obviously investors are in the business of buying and selling. So there are seasons when it's more of a seller's market, right? Which is what we've been in for the last couple of years. So, I mean, I, I'm an investor. I'm selling a lot of my properties right now. And guess what I'm doing? I'm selling a lot of them off market because agents approach me and they give me an offer that works for me. I don't have to mess with, you know, again, cleaning it up, dealing with my tenants of, you know, them kind of getting frustrated about people coming in and wanting to see the place. So I think other investors are a fantastic opportunity to market to. And how do you get in front of other investors? I think every single real estate agent should host their own investing meetup. In every single market, 
across the United States, there are real estate investors, even in LA, even in New York City, right? There's real estate investors in every single market. So you start building a database of real estate investors and say, hey, investors I work with, uh, you know, other investors all across the country, have you been thinking about selling? Have you been thinking about doing a 1031 right now? Because we can help you exchange your property and find another one. Um, so I think that that's a really good opportunity. I also think that there's, um, Mike, you'd mentioned the eviction moratorium. There are tired landlords out there mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily raising their hand and saying that they're ready to sell, but agents that reach out to them. So uh, like we cold called Craigslist for rent, right? So you go on Craigslist for rent listings, avoid the property management companies, but find the mom and pops that are putting their, um, their properties up for rent call them and say, hey, uh, you know, my name is Jennifer Beatles. I happen to work with a couple hundred investors. I'm also an investor myself. Have you considered selling as opposed to finding another, another tenant? Because if so, then I'd like to make you an offer. So I think that that's another really, really great option. Um, there's a lot of uh, technology platforms out there that can identify paid off properties or free and clear properties. Um, I think that that's another one. We're also seeing a lot of baby boomers that are starting to sell their properties and either relocating to you know nicer weather or downsizing, and so then I think that that's another you know great opportunity. Um, I mean you know the list goes on and on. I think that there's just a lot of ways. But in my opinion, if you're going to want to work with the investor business and close multiple deals with one client, then start networking with other investors and start building that investor database. Be the person to kind of bring everyone together and then help facilitate deals from within that community. Yeah, but these investors, like once you start doing a good job by them, they're going to give you a couple of their listings too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like how many times has that happened? You know, like, and you're not expecting it. Like you're going to get their listings. Like, Hey, Jennifer, you're sharp. Like they're going to, they're, I guarantee you that they're probably giving you the listings over uh, reluctantly giving it to some of the agents who even source their deals because they just know that you're going to go out there and do what you do. Um, Absolutely. And same thing with builder developers. I mean, builder developers are well capitalized right now and they're looking for deals. They're looking for land. So again, because I worked in the builder developer space, that was another great source of revenue for me is I could quickly, you know, pinpoint uh, vacant land or land that had, um, you know, permits that were issued and never picked up. Um, I could also pull uh, like, you know, violations in, uh, in the code and start targeting those properties and then getting those under contract and then flipping those to my developers. And then you get the list backs in, you know, yep. 12 to 18 months. That was our model. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. You want, we want to chase the, you want to get paid on the acquisition yep. then on the redevelopment on the back end. Um, the Absolutely. biggest agents in Chicago are, do just that. Like the biggest agents yeah. in the city um, where I was practicing at, they would always be, they had a way of locating the land ops and they would chase the yep. land ops and then they would get the four or $5 million sellout on the back end. And once you have like three or four of those going, I mean, just the spinoff business from the open houses and all the other stuff, just, it's just picked, they leveraged the whole, you know, that's why they they just dominated. So, um, but look what she's doing, you guys, she's not waiting for things to come to her. She's swimming upstream, right? She's going out ahead. She's manufacturing listings and she's doing it through, through data, essentially she's going and finding out the people who are in these situations are more likely to sell than those who are not. I never understood why, like, I hate, like, I don't, I don't hate farming. Like if I'm going to farm a stranger of a neighborhood, but I would, instead of me spending like postage and print on like a neighborhood and for me to break into a farm, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna go right after motivated sellers. It's the same concept. Do you guys use direct mail at all? So uh, we don't within our company, but a lot of the agents that we refer business to do do direct mail. 
Um, we find that it works better in some markets than others. Yep. Um, and so it kind of depends on the market. But uh, the other really great source of business is property managers. Again, I don't know why the uh, you know relationship between agents and property managers isn't uh, you know more kind of well talked about. But think about it. So property managers, uh, especially one, you know, maybe if they have a couple hundred units under management, of course, their sellers are going to be selling. And if they only do property management, then, you know, they're not going to be facilitating this sale. And the property manager's greater, greatest fear is having a client, you know, sell the property and then they lose that, that management agreement, right? And so if you can be an agent that networks with the property managers and assures them that you can help facilitate the sale off market and they'll retain that property management contract, they will send you every seller that's thinking about selling. Smart. And then, smart. and then again, you can help that. Most, uh, most um, investment property owners that are looking to sell are wanting to do a 1031 exchange. Yep. And so if you can help them do a 1031 exchange and maybe refer them to another agent in another area, then you get a referral fee, you get the listing, you get the buy side, and you can create, yeah, through th <laughs> th three paychecks out of one deal just yep. by networking with property managers. And- no one does. I, I don't know why agents don't do this. It's not taught. I mean, it, no one's doing it yeah. because a um, one one of it's just pure laziness. Two is just uneducated. You know, like the like I, like people just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Um, but this is no differently than what investors do, folks. Like, um, you know, I mean, investors like go out and find like ten investors. You know, what I mean, investors have their real estate license. Do the opposite. Freaking take their turndowns and monetize those listings because they're going to do nothing with it. And once you tell them you can start paying them a referral fee for all those turndowns, what you're really going to do is you're going to you're going to zero out their ad costs and their acquisition costs to do it. It's very attractive. They like that. So there's a lot of ways to go out and do this stuff. You just have to sort of think about it or call like Jennifer and let her teach you or just do something like. But Sorry. there's a lot of ways that um, we could all get out there and do all of this. Uh, Jennifer, what else, uh, anything else that we missed? Anything else you want to add in here? Yeah. I mean, I think it's important as agents are doing more business and then building in additional revenue streams, this guys, you got to be investing in real estate yourself. I mean, so many agent friends of mine who are running a really, really great business are still living essentially paycheck to paycheck or are looking for the next deal to pay last year's taxes. And guys, that's not running a healthy business. We, we have to change this narrative that agents are living paycheck to paycheck. We need to start investing in real estate ourselves. And so that's something that I did early on is I looked at it as an opportunity. I can learn from investors. I can make money while doing so and then take some of that money off the table and start building my own passive income portfolio. And then what did that do? One, it made me more attractive to my investor clients. And so I could essentially choose what hours I worked. My clients would essentially wait for me. If I wanted to go to Europe for four weeks, they'd say, okay, well, we'll call you when you get back. Uh, and then I also had a plan B, right? And so having this, uh, you know, passive income streams and having, you know, wealth through real estate, which is what we're selling to our clients, agents need to be doing that. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe 5% maybe of agents invest in real estate. Mm -hmm. yep. And so guys... We, we need to change this. The industry needs to change. And you should be building more passive income streams, having a, building a recession-proof business because the next recession is around the corner when we don't know. But I think a lot of agents are going to be put out of business if they don't have what we're talking about today. Yep. It will. It happens every shift. You yeah. know, agents come, they go. And they come and they go again. 
And then the ones who are actually running a business and view it as a, you know, that they're an entrepreneur, they have their own brand. And those are the ones who always adapt and continue to grow. And that's why 90% of the business is still only done by 10% of the agents. And that stat hasn't changed since the dinosaurs ruled the earth. Um, awesome, awesome show, Jennifer. I love it. You're a freaking killer, guys. Jennifer, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody uh, how to connect with you and uh, give me your website and everything. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to connect with me, you can email me at jennifer at agentsinvest.com. And our website is agentsinvest.com. We do a uh, training program for agents that want to work with investors. So if you like what you heard today and said, okay, that was a lot, I need more information about this, uh, then definitely reach out, guys. We can, we can help. Love it. All right, folks. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Folks, if you have any questions about how to build your brand with video, please visit our website, realestatemarketingdude.com. We will script, edit, and distribute your videos in amongst anything you're doing, including doing things like Jennifer's. You need content to attract more investors or you need content just to attract more sellers. Um, you need to bring out your human side because that's the only time they think they're not going to you're not going to suck the living daylights out of them and rip them off or do something bad. That's where we come in. So we appreciate you guys listening to another episode and thank you for visiting our site and keeping all the reviews coming on. Please go ahead and visit us at realestatemarketingdude.com. Connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and IG. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll see you guys next week for another one. Peace. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.